Today, we're sharing an incredibly inspiring conversation with Tyler. I mean, this is a guy that my dad adorably refers to as a creative genius, and I kind of agree. Tyler is currently the writer, producer, and host of an online comedy talk show, but he also enjoys a variety of creative outlets. He expressed interest in being a guest on the podcast because he's fascinated by the effect of unbridled and most importantly, in his opinion, imperfect expressions of creativity on mental health. He'll share with us his own experience using artistic expression as an outlet to reduce stress and to manage anxiety. And I think you're going to love how you feel about yourself and whatever it is you do or you don't do well after listening to this episode. Hey, it's Ron Thiessen. Welcome to another episode of the Human Being Project by The Change Evolutionist, where my daughter Janelle and I explore the difference between being and doing. In a world of constant distractions, sky-high expectations, and the relentless pursuit of more, we examine what would happen if we made space for more being and less doing. I was thinking it would be interesting for us to just dive into, like, creativity and art as a as a tool for mental health as a means of expression um i've been really interested lately in the flow state like the the value that has for the brain and and not only that but like psychologically speaking how to get in there and how to harness the flow state i think those are all pretty fascinating subjects i'm i'm into have you got any insight how to access flow state I know what it is. I know what it feels like. I've been there a million times, but I find it's something that I've never been able to like put a leash on. It's always, it shows up when it wants to show up and I'm kind of uh, at its mercy. So I'm trying to like build a better relationship with the flow state and see if I can be a bit more in control of it. Are you familiar with the theory and how it's graphed out? Like, how do you, how do you achieve flow state? Do you know about that? Um, I mean, I've, you know, I've read articles and watched YouTube videos, but I would love to, uh, hear more flow state. It, it occurs at the intersection of the stretch of your ability and the challenge that you're facing. So if you be, you know, that the challenge is less than what you're capable of doing, you're bored. And if it's more than what you're capable of doing, you're anxious. So, uh, you know, hitting that exact medium there, but, but finding I think that's what you're talking about, right? He's finding where is that intersection so that I can get there and be in the flow state. Yeah. And I think the more I study the flow state, the more I come to realize things about myself too, because the thing that I find that I have often struggled with is that uh, my inability to pick one medium, I'm either doing comedy or I'm painting or I've done music or I've made mm. written scripts and like the, it's all creative stuff, but I always feel like it's a, it's a detractor that I don't have a thing. Um, but I think the reason for that is like what you just said, my, my, why my passion, the thing that I really love is being kind of bad at something. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Elaborate a little on that. That's, that's the flow feeling though, is, is it stretching your skills a little bit past what your skills are. Not to a degree where it's frustrating, but to a degree where you're learning and growing and evolving as an artist and as a creative and as a person. Because I think in creativity, you're often expressing yourself. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, that it's like really a like a, a boost of it. It's it's like 
creativity on steroids when you can get into that state. I wonder if it's a bad thing to do so many things, um, like to not just have one thing. To me, I see it as an advantage to be able to sort of flow between different things and not necessarily have one thing just dialed. That's kind of boring in a sense, right? I mean, I totally agree. However, I think that like the unfortunate truth in the world that we live in is like, if you want to be quote unquote, like, especially in the entertainment business that I mostly operate in is like, you got to be something, you got to have your thing that you do and do that for a career. But I agree with you. Like, I, I'm very grateful that I, you know, get by and have a good life doing a bunch of stuff. I just often mm-hmm. feel like, oh man, if I, you know, picked stand up and just did stand up and dedicated myself to that, I'd be have a Netflix special by now or something. But yeah, I, I love I love trying different stuff and being bad at all of it. Yeah, you'd probably be bored if you picked one thing and you were yeah, really exactly. good at it. For yeah. sure. I, I but I do often envy people with that ability. But <laughs> I'm at the same time grateful it's not me. There's a tenacity that comes with crafting one thing. I mean, they live, they eat, breathe, and sleep that thing. They their entire focus is their craft, right? So, I mean, if you don't have that kind of um, that kind of tenacity or that sort of drive isn't even appealing to you, I think that what that's what makes the world a rainbow of so many amazing different personalities and energies because we need those people, but yeah. we also need the people that bring so much different flavor. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And I think you can even have that same level of dedication and tenacity with just a wide array of things. You know, 11 different things a little bit is a lot of one thing. In, in the time that I've known you, Tyler, you you always have several things going on at the same time. And only occasionally does it seem to you like, whoa, I wish I could cut some of these things out. Most of the time, you're you're engaged in what you're doing, your focus, your time, your energy. And I, it seems to me like you love that most of the time. So, um, you know, and, and I think it's, it's part of your creativity that you're always doing a few different things at the same time. I, I think I agree with Janelle that you might be bored if you really were focused on one thing and then you, you know, made time for some of the other things that you wanted to do, but they weren't, they weren't the kind of top of mind or, or on the front burner. Uh, you got a lot of things on the front burner. It means that your life is quite varied and colorful. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. And I think that's part of the secret to not the secret, but like the, the hat to how I get so much done is, is being comfortable with always coming short also, because <laughs> if you want to do, like, if I want to get 20 things done and I'm only able to accomplish eight of them, then I'm disappointed that there's 12 things that didn't get done. But the eight that did is still like, a crazy amount sometimes. So I think uh, I've gotten in the habit of like successfully tricking myself into thinking I can do more. And then I can always, you know, it's that flow state. It's always pushing that little bit extra. When you're at the gym doing that one more rep, it's, it, it really pushes you when you think you could do 12 and then you do eight is still pretty good. It's the antithesis of my perfectionist nature, which is I, I want the result to be meticulously just right. And I'm one of those people who obsesses over the last 10% that actually does nothing. Dad's teaching me how to let that stuff go. But that's how you can, that's how you can get more done. Like if I had a, a task list of 20, my expectation would be I would get every one of those things done to perfection. And I will get only two done perfectly and, and not get 
18 done because of that standard. So it's really hindering productivity when hmm. you have that ridiculous standard of perfection, you know? Are, are you someone who can do multiple things at once or is it one thing at a time? I think it's multiple for me. Well, maybe not. Maybe it's like, no, it's probably one thing at a time. I'm probably kidding myself. I'm definitely a one thing at a time guy. <laughs> are you? Are you? Yeah. I thought you were a multitasker. Yeah. No, no. It's, uh, it's got to be. Uh, Put your head down, get it done. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I need, I need to be bouncing. I need to constantly. There's mm -hmm. so much that I'm bouncing around and forgetting about. And eventually has to like the whirlwind ends, some stuff's done. <laughs> I wonder if that would be a good trick to use, though, because I wonder if the bouncing is actually loosening stuck points. Mm. You know what I mean? Like when you kind of get stuck in a little bit of a rut. For me, I'm like, no, I will see this through. And then I just stay stuck for a long time until finally it sort of breaks loose. But if you kind of bounce a little bit, then maybe you create that shift. Are you referring to like just any sort of task or, or creative things? Like creative things. Yeah, I, I think so. I think there's definitely a value in creativity, uh, specifically to bouncing around. I'm reading right now. Um, are you familiar with Rick Rubin? No. He's a no. music producer. He like started Def Jam Records and he made the Beastie Boys and Run DMC and Nella Cool J and like all the early rap is. Oh, wow. And then he went on to produce for the Red Hot Chili Peppers for he like resurrected Johnny Cash's career. He's done Metallica. He's done like a bunch of really cool stuff. Um, and he has no musical training. He can't read music. He can't play any instruments. He doesn't even touch the soundboard. He's just an intuition guy. He just knows how to help artists make their best work and kind of be like a, not an art therapist, but like a therapist for artists to help them blossom whatever project they're working on. Um, he wrote a book recently called The Creative Act that I'm about halfway through, and it's really really, really good. Like the way he describes the creative process, like he kind of envisions it like a garden and watering different ideas. There's a whole chapter about bouncing around from, from different stuff. But he also, I think Ron, I'd mentioned to you the way that I visualize ideas on the conveyor yeah. belt. Yeah. The, the way that I see ideas is like boxes on a conveyor belt and I can pick up a box and look in rummage around and, and kind of decide for however long I want if that's a good idea or not. If it's not, close it up, put it back on, and then pick up the next one or go deeper and finish that one. Um, and funny enough, in the Rick Rubin book, he describes it identical. Get out of wow. here. He, he says conveyor belt with boxes on them. No way. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> that's awesome. That just told you you're all totally on the right track. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> or he is. You probably started it. That's a great analogy. It's a great metaphor of, of uh, yeah, you know, what you're doing. And well, I know you, you've explored so many different uh, kinds of ideas and different things that you've tried and, and you know, experimented with that some you've adopted as habits or, you know, like so many different things that you've done. So I'm curious then in, in this thinking about uh, art and creativity as a means of maintaining mental health, is that what you do in your life? Are you maintaining your mental health with your creativity? I think so. At the very least, it definitely helps it. Um, I have other practices like journaling and meditation and breath work and stuff that I think 
is the baseline of maintaining my mental health. I've been in comedy for over a decade and that's never really done it. Surprisingly only discovering mm. painting about three, four years ago, four years ago. Um, and that was really like, oh, wow, like this makes me feel good. Whatever I feel inside or if something's bottled up, I can really release it and let it out. Um, and painting became a very therapeutic practice first in just like getting the emotions out. And now I've done it for a little while now and I have space for it and the equipment, and the right tools and stuff. The act of it is like just so good for the brain. Mm. So I, I need that. Like if I'm stressed or if I'm anxious or whatever, I can just go paint. And I know that'll, uh, like it, it's the equivalent of meditating. And you use other creative outlets as well or just painting? I, uh, I write a lot. I've written scripts. I used to write articles for a bunch of websites. I uh, acted. I've done like a lot of different creative stuff, but I find uh, personally, I mean, everyone has their own, but personally, uh, the painting is really what helps the mental health. And surprisingly enough, I feel like I didn't have one for a while, but growing up, I had, it's not even that creative, but I played basketball pretty competitively. And that was the like, now I can zone in here and that's what I have. It, it's, it's really like a, like a life vest for mental health. If you can just go, I used to just go to the court the same way. Now I just go to the studio. How often do you get into, into flow with your painting? I would say, um, the circumstances have to be right. I need to be done everything I need to do for the day. Whereas other days I know I just have 60 minutes or 90 minutes and I'll go try and make some progress, but it's not flow. It's just work. Um, and there's yeah. a difference, but I think I get into the flow state, maybe like weekly and i i would say the i i just said that like comedy's not the, the mental health help that painting is but i do definitely get into the flow with comedy writing for sure do you get into the zone when you're doing comedy for sure definitely yeah. writing also i personally enjoy the writing more and then the mm. performing when I, I haven't performed in a while but when i perform it's more so there's more thought, there's more presence to it. I'm not as autopilot. Whereas okay. uh, sometimes writing, I could just, like turn off the screens. I don't even like to put music on like the Bluetooth speaker. I got to use records so that there's like nothing digital in order to get into the flow state. I find I'm very sensitive to like frequencies and vibrations and stuff. I need to turn everything off and not feel any, any wavelengths. That makes total sense to me. I, I get that totally. Energetically speaking, I think those things really do infringe on your ability to settle in for sure. With the project that you're doing right now, the, the show that you're producing, uh, is that comedy writing for you? Do you write comedy for that show? For sure. Yeah. And, and, it's, uh, and it's a lot more abstract, which is a fun challenge because okay. I'm not so much writing like setups and punchlines. I'm trying to come up with scenarios and characters for people to play that might lead to some humor or might set up some humor um so mm. on a much more macro level which has been challenging but fun so challenging and fun does, do you ever get in the zone when you're doing that for sure absolutely yeah. yeah and i think even just in comedy there's so many muscles to work on there's what i'm doing now i've done stand-up so there's writing jokes and material. And even that isn't 
as simple as a setup and a punchline. You have to develop bits and, and material. Mm. Um, and then I've written scripts and dialogue is so different from that. And performing as an actor is so different from that. Comedically, uh, there's a million different avenues to take. What, what kind of advice do you think you would give someone who is a non-creative, unlike you, uh, so maybe not totally uncreative, but a, sort of a non-creative about the intersection of art or creativity and mental health. What would you tell them? How would you advise them? I think my first thing would be to not care if it's good. I think that's the most important is to, if you enjoy it, it'll end up good. I think people, mm. first of all, everyone's creative. I don't think I'm not a creative. It's just someone who hasn't exercised the muscle. Ideas are not ours. Ideas exist in the ether and people just have better tuning on the, the antennas to hear them. Um, but if you tune yours, any, anyone can hear one. Um, so yeah, I think anyone's creative and I would say just try it and try to enjoy it and not try to be good. And I think in doing so in whatever it is, if you're doing comedy, if you're doing art, if you're doing dance, Whatever it is, if you do it from a, a perspective of I'm going to enjoy it and not force myself to be good at it, then I think they'll feel it. It's not something I can really explain. They'll just feel it. I do that quite often with art. I have quite a few people come to my studio or I've started organizing like art in the park sessions where people come just do art and you don't need any skill. You don't need any qualifications, like just throw some paint around, make some colors on a paper. It feels good. To me, that's like the, that's the, this whole podcast is about uh, being versus doing. And mm. so much of what you're talking about is the essence of being. It's presence in the moment of whatever it is that's, that's happening, right? Instead of worrying about an outcome or the result or being judged, you're worrying about what's happening inside of you in that moment and what you're creating on the inside that then radiates on the outside and completely influences and impacts the world around you. Even right. though it on paper, it may look like crap. Like I can draw a stick band. That's about it. It doesn't really matter. Like you said, if I'm in that moment and I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to let go. I'm just going to let it be. I'm going to let whatever be, be. It's creating such a huge portal for that presence of being. Would you agree? Yeah, for sure. And I also think that if you could just draw stick figures and you really love doing that, you'll be successful drawing stick figures. If you really love to do it and that you like, if you love that work, That'll resonate and people will gravitate towards that. Anyone could pursue a creative endeavor. I find there's such a like stigma around being an artist that like, it's not a sustainable thing. I think anyone could pursue anything. So that's interesting because you said that, that, you know, everybody's creative to some degree. So if you're talking to a person, what advice would you give someone who says, I don't feel very creative. One thing that you've said is it doesn't have to be perfect. Okay. It's okay if it sucks. You just, but do you think that anyone, if they took on a creative sort of a project uh, or if they did something creative, that it would, uh, if they didn't know it was there, they, it would awaken that creative part of them or the artistic part of them? Sort of yes and no. I think if it feels good, then yeah, but it might not be the right medium. Maybe you don't resonate with painting and you're more of a dancer or whatever. So it might just be the wrong thing, but I do think everyone has the capacity for creativity. And I think that, uh, everyone knows the feeling of it feeling good. 
So it's like, I wouldn't, if some, if I have someone over to paint and they don't enjoy it, I wouldn't feel like shocked by that because maybe that's just not their thing. But I do believe everyone has a thing. Anything that, you know, forces you to be a little bit uncomfortable, a little bit expressive, a little beyond your boundaries or, or, you know, you're, you're a little past what you're comfortable. I think that gentle nudge is a, a good feeling for the brain. I'm curious how you do that for yourself. Like what, what, at what point do you start to feel uncomfortable? Does it take a lot for you to be uncomfortable? Or are you kind of a free spirit or? You? Oh yeah, no, I, yeah. I love being uncomfortable. That's the thing. Like if I start getting good at something, I'm not interested in it anymore. That's my problem. <laughs> like I, I did stand up. I, not that I was like a huge success or anything, but I did stand up for about a year. Um, and I got to do the, like, just for last festival and felt like, all right, that feels like a pretty good feather in the cap. I think I'm, I'm done here and I haven't done it since I'm sure I will again at some point. Cause I do enjoy it. But, uh, yeah, it felt like I got too much too quick and I was like, eh, I gotta, I gotta put this on the back burner. Hmm. It's interesting. You see that as a positive, but not as i I'm a little bit afraid of succeeding in this. You don't see it as it's possible that maybe you're like, mm, I don't know if I'm comfortable. I don't know. Like I, uh, I think it's, it's just, I start bouncing on other things and I'm sure I'll come back to it. I'm, I'm sure I, my, my relationship with standups not done, but for the time being, it felt like I had reached a plateau where I was like, okay, I, I checked this off. We'll see if I'm motivated to want to go more or further. So if I'm the person who is, uh, you know, I, maybe there are a couple of things that I know that sort of pull on my creative juices. And, uh, let's say, let's just say for the sake of argument, uh, singing is one of them and uh, maybe dancing. So if I come to you, Tyler, and I say, uh, you know, I've, I feel like I've got some creativity here, but I feel pretty uncomfortable about it. I'm not sure that I want to, I don't, I want to do it. Uh, what advice would you give me besides the, the one point that you made about it doesn't have to be perfect. You should just do it. What, what other advice would you give me for exploring and bringing to the forefront now this creative part of me to see if it really is something that is part of my creativity? Mm, good question. I I think like, are you asking in terms of like pursuing it or just trying it and seeing if it's up your alley? Well, for me, my, I, I would lean towards, uh, uh, just trying it, you know, experiments. I'm big on experiments. You know, that, uh, just experiment with it and see, but if I'm a person who, like, if I'm comparing myself to you, uh, you're, you're in that creative world most of the time and, and you, and you really understand what that creativity feels like. But let's say I'm a person who I, you don't got very shy. I don't, I've never really experimented with it. I'm saying, I don't really know. I think I might be good at singing and dancing, but I don't really know. So, uh, you know, I'm going to try a few things and, and how would you say, what advice would you give me? And what should I be looking for? Uh, you know, to feel like, oh, okay, this is it. I think, I think there's something here. Uh, yeah, I would, I would say, I'd have more questions for you. I would, I would, I think it, it's a matter of narrowing it down at this point. If, if you're fascinated in it, then go down the path a little bit and explore it and kind of, you know, how, like, if you're walking down the street and there's shop windows and you identify in the, in the windows, what 
you're drawn to it, what pulls you do the same with music or with dance, you know, mm-hmm. listen to things and watch things and try singing things and explore all there is to offer there and see what speaks to you. Okay. And so if I do find something speaks to me, then what do I do? Uh, you start getting good at it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I want to be mediocre at lots of things. You have to, to go from bad to mediocre is a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And so you start to work at it. Yeah. And, and that too is uh, continue exploring. Same with me. Like I got painting and I, I talk about it like it's a real passion of mine and I consider myself an artist. I have no clue what my style is or what my medium. I work acrylic sometimes and ink sometimes and watercolor sometimes and big, big canvas and tiny little ones. And I have no clue what my uh, artistic style is whatsoever. I just know in the moment what feels right and what doesn't. And I think uh, like fine tuning that barometer, that voice, listening to it is, is the, the best advice I can give. And how do you personally hone your intuition? It's hard. I think it boils down to like a trust thing and just being able to identify what feels good versus what feels bad and being able to take a moment and think consciously about that. And then I think it's like anything else, you get better and better at it, knowing what feels right versus what feels wrong. But yeah, I think you you fine-tune that antenna and, and get better and better at knowing what the right answer is. And who knows, there's no such thing as right versus wrong, but there is one internally. Like, there's a thousand decisions to make at every point, every opportunity, from planning to executing to minute details. Um, so I think just getting better at the decision process is uh, is like the essence of intuition yeah and while you're learning to to trust your intuition it's it's better if you can just be like whatever if i make the wrong choice it's not the end of the world like i'll just learn from this bob Bob ross called them happy little mistakes (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's a good point that's actually bob ross oh you got with the with the afro he painted on pbs he would always do like landscape paintings that's why what I've been getting into recently is really I'll take a canvas and I'll splatter some ink on it and then try to figure out what the piece is and have it tell me rather than me going with an idea or an expectation or something that I want to create. I've been kind of letting the art take the lead in telling me what to make. I, you are the representation of everything that I, I believe and want for myself, honestly. You're doing it already. I find you very inspiring. Yeah, I've known Tyler for for a few years now, and uh, I've I totally agree, Janelle. It's, a, it's an inspiring guy because he always has always has uh, unique things going on. It's never never the same, and it's uh, and it's not following anybody's pattern. He sets yeah. his own pattern. He doesn't seem to take things so seriously. Like mm. immediately, you have this ability to put people at ease because you've just decided mistakes are cool. It's a great mindset to have uh, as human beings because we, I think then we just, we're able to make room for people to be, I think even our posture here as we're speaking, I know we can all see each other on video, but we're all just getting more relaxed because you just basically said, hey, it's okay. It's okay to just be, like, just be you. Thanks. I love that. I love that life principle you're living by or exuding. You're exuding it. Thank you. 
I think, especially when it comes to art, I think, uh, that I think that's my favorite thing about art is how bad things can be. I think the best art in the world's on, uh, refrigerators with magnets. (laughs) Tyler embodies living authentically because he is more concerned with what he needs to thrive than with what anybody thinks. He's done something incredible. He's given himself permission to be and do whatever feels most aligned in the moment without guilt and without feeling like he's not doing enough because he decided mistakes are cool and being uncomfortable pays off. He basically made his own rules and liberated himself in the process. And guess what? So can you. In just six days, we're giving you access to a transformative 90-minute group coaching session with my dad. And let me tell you, this is what he was born to do. From executive leaders in big corporations to university students in packed classrooms, countless people, young and old, have raved about the incredible aha moments and mindset shifts they experienced while collaborating in a group under Ron's guidance. You too can experience huge shifts in your awareness when you open your heart and your mind to new ideas and when you participate fully in the collaborative group experience. So mark your calendar for September 13th because it's a big day. We're diving deep, examining the labels you live by and the effect that they have on your ability to live authentically, to be you without apology. Do you ever compare yourself to others and feel inadequate? Do you feel defined and limited by your profession or your lack of one? Do you suppress what you think, what you feel, or what you want because you're afraid of judgment or rejection? Do you feel lonely and isolated because no one knows the real you? And if they did, you're pretty sure they wouldn't like you? If you answered yes to any of those, this session is for you, my friend. The cost is $150 and you get a receipt for reimbursement from your insurance provider, so it's a no-brainer. But you better hurry. Registration opened yesterday and spots are limited. Go to thechangeevolutionist.com forward slash group coaching to learn more and sign up. See you September 13th. Would you mind if I if I asked you if you could talk about your experience in Mexico last year in this context of art and mental health? Because because I you know there were definitely certain objectives that you wanted to uh, attain by doing that trip. And can you can you talk about how did that uh, how did that bring things together for you if it did? Um. I would say the, the, it was fascinating from an artistic perspective. It was really fascinating because prior to leaving. So last year I was in Mexico for like two and a half, three months. Um, and I didn't have all my tools with me. I didn't have like a, a great array to work with, just like a notepad and some acrylics and some watercolors. Um, but I find prior to leaving, I was coming out of like, two and a half years of sitting at home during the pandemic. So making art became a lot more, um, when I was doing it, it was to try and feel better. And I wasn't doing it as often because it's hard to find the motivation when you're just stuck looking at the same gray sky every, every day and not leaving your home. So there's no, like, there's no input. It's hard to output. So yeah, I think getting away, even though I was at a disadvantage without all my equipment and my art studio across the street and all my 
fancy stuff. I didn't have anything. I definitely started to produce more and I was enjoying it again. I was every single day. I was, I was making a new piece that like looking back now, none of them are that great because of what I had on hand, but it, it definitely like woke something up and like reawakened something that was dormant for a while. I know you went there. I know you went there with no plan. Like, I mean, you knew where you were going to end up, but, but you know, you didn't plan out your vacation or you didn't have, it really was an experience of going and just experiencing. Do you think that that, um, approaching it like that enhanced the creativity? I think so. Yeah. I think that's, that's my preferred like way to travel is I don't really like to go on a vacation with like planned anything. I like to see what it feels like to live somewhere and then live my life. I love my life. I love everything I do. So I just like doing that in different places and seeing how it feels there. And it was really cool. It was awesome to do it there. And it makes coast mm. full of art, full of creatives. And it's such a cool spot. There's art everywhere you look. So it was like really inspiring for sure. I find this happens to me when I get out in nature. Like I find if I'm getting stagnant, I have no fresh ideas. Nothing is just brewing. Usually I, I can feel lit up and sort of motivated and, and brainstorming things like, uh, you know, marketing and things like that, writing. I love doing stuff like that. But when the well dries up, I realize I got to get out more. I, I got to get out more. And nature for me is the big one. For you, it's painting. For me, a thousand percent, it's nature. And I don't have to be doing anything. I just walk to the local bird sanctuary and I just sit on a bench and watch those birds and boom, like there's just, neurons firing all over the place because I've just created this like it's like letting a big huge breath of fresh air into my brain and my heart mm. sounds like that's what painting mm. is for you as well for sure and I I the nature thing resonates also for sure I Ron knows this every few months I do this thing where I'll rent uh, like a cabin in the woods and I'll go up I'll go up with just a pencil and a notepad and just see what happens. And if nothing comes from it, nothing comes from it. And sometimes I'll have pages and pages of notes and ideas. I love it. I love that. And I do that every couple of months. I have to go be in nature somewhere alone. I'm curious if a lot of your creativity happens alone or if it's in the presence of others. Is it kind of a solo thing where you feel sort of rejuvenated and lit up? Does it happen more when you're alone or does it happen when you're with others? Um, They both have their merits, really. I work alone. 75% of the time. Um, but I've worked in groups. I've worked in with sketch groups. I've done a, a show with, with buddies that went really well. I've done like a lot of collaborations with people and even just day to day on a, on a smaller scale, friends coming over to paint with me or, or if I'm at home or at the studio where it's often what we're doing. Um, and they both have their merits. I personally find we were talking earlier about the flow state. I find it's easier with other people because if they're also focused on the same goal and we're both thinking about this one sketch or this one song or whatever it is, um, it becomes easier to get into it when with others around. But yeah, I've yet to find that with painting and I'm working on having other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, working on the same goal is easy, easy to get into flow. Collab like not collaborating, but being with other people and working on your own individual things is harder. Very much so. Yes, I agree. So would you say that you said that you kind of indicated earlier in our conversation that you 
flow state state is something that you'd like to attain more and more. Um, do you think that that a like is that your objective? Is that one of your goals? Is to figure out how to attain flow state more and more and more? I think so. I think uh, mm-hmm. like who knows? Maybe not. Maybe it's not good for me, and I need some balance. But right now, I I do think so. I think that's my goal and my uh, what I'm fascinated in. There's certain artists who like just exist in it, and I'm so enamored with that. I often think of like it's a silly example, but do you know the rapper Lil Wayne? <laughs> I've heard the name. Yeah, I know. I him. Know oh yeah, no, I I totally know him. I listen to him all the time. Lil Wayne from like oh four until twenty ten ish for like a six seven year span was putting out like a song a day. And it's incredible to just live in that space and in that creative zone to the point where since 2010 or 11, when he stopped putting out so much music, he's put out like a handful of songs in the last decade. He really Mm. like exerted it all. And now I think he likes skateboards and does other stuff, but he did music so intensely and so well. And at such a high level for such like a sustained decade, I often Mm. look at that with like awe. And think that the, no that's kidding. something I strive for for sure. Wow, wow, maybe doing too much isn't great either. Well, I don't think that from what you've described and what I know of you, I don't think that you do very well if you focused on only one thing, because you love having all of these different things going on at the same time, right? Agreed. It's a it's a gift and a curse because I find it more challenging to get into the flow when there's so many different flows to try and juggle. Um, mm-hmm. I've have, I've started in my efforts to get less digital, I've started taking all my to-do lists and they are now post-it notes that go on the wall. Oh, my place is like filled with post-it notes of to-dos and things to work on and projects and stuff. So it's, uh, it can often be a challenge when I look at the, the list of stuff I want to get done today. And it's like, work on this painting and write this script and uh, write those lyrics and work on that thing and this thing while also, you know, answering emails and calls and stuff like that. And you gotta have a life and take care of yourself too. It's tough to bounce around through so many. <laughs> How do you keep it straight? Like if you got posted notes, are, do you have them in, uh, in, in themes like, you know, or are they just randomly put up there? No, so I have each color is a different uh, thing. I the, the legends right here. So I have uh-uh. gray is the show that I work on. Purple is personal things like do the laundry and dishes and stuff. Uh, blue is learning. So I'm currently learning uh, how to play guitar, and I'm currently learning tarot cards. Uh, nice. And then green is health, so like exercises and stuff. And then pink is projects. So I have like comedy paintings, every idea that I'm developing. So that's pink. And then I have different cupboards or different days. So different doorways are different days. So I have like, that's Monday, that's Tuesday, that's Wednesday. Oh, Oh, wow. wow. (laughs) You're like an organized artist. I feel like I'm so unorganized that I need this in order to function. I'm so, mm-hmm. everything's so like, you could see place, everything's so chaotic and crazy all the time that I really need to be like hyper-focused on productivity. Otherwise I'll just end up doing one thing for 
12 straight hours and forget that I wanted to do other stuff. And would there be something wrong with doing something for 12 straight hours? I just love doing so many different things that I, I end up frustrated if I dwell on just one. But, but I'm just curious, if you're dwelling on just one for 12 hours, doesn't that mean you're in a zone? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's, uh, it's a, a constant struggle sure. between the, the balance there. Because on the one hand, for sure, I wish... I've, I've, I've tried many times just scheduling days for certain things. Be like, that's an art day. That's a work day where I'm going to write comedy for the show. And that's a even like an off day. I've tried and not, not successfully. Um, but I find it's, it's one of those things we were saying before, how like it, you can't choose when it chooses you. Mm-hmm. So I think in, in order to best honor that, I try to fit in as much as possible. And if one thing really does start to pick up momentum and is really speaking to me, I'll start rearranging and focus solely on that. But I can't say like, oh, today's going to be a paint day because then I might go to the studio and sit there for 45 minutes staring at a blank canvas and say, today's a waste. Yeah, not the best use of your time. I get that. That makes sense. But yeah, stopping yourself if you're like, if I'm in so deep in something for five, six hours or something. I mean, I'm feeling very, I'm in a flow state for sure with that. So I wouldn't want to nip that in the bud. I totally want to ride that wave. For sure. Yeah. It's just a matter. It's a matter of poking around to find where it is. Some days it's not what I wanted to do and it's something else. And it's like, it's a constant balance. Like I said, there's like, I'm trying to learn guitar now. So like downtime, I'll, I'll watch YouTube tutorials and play guitar. And like some days that's so exciting and fun. And other days it's like, oh, that, like school time. How's your calluses develop? I'm getting them. A friend of mine asked me to design a guitar cover for him, like the, the pig yeah. art. Um, so I made some cool ones for him and I like them so much that I bought my own guitar thinking I would make duplicates and <laughs> make my own. And then I was like, well, I've got a guitar. I guess we'll learn. Oh, wow. I, I love it. I think you're inspiring. Mm. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, really appreciate that. And I really appreciate your viewpoint on the creativity, mental health. You've given us some really good uh, things to think about and some tools for actually developing our own creativity. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being here, Tyler. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. What did you think of this episode? Head over to the private Change Evolutionist community chat to join the conversation find the link in the show notes. We're excited to announce that you can find the Human Being Project on Wisdom, a social media app that promotes authentic connections and meaningful conversations with real people. This is great news for you because it gives you an opportunity to ask a question anonymously and get a voice reply from one of us. Just go to wisdom.app forward slash human being project forward slash ask. Type your question and click send. Never miss an episode. Get notification to your inbox when a new episode is released. Download to your device or listen wherever you get your podcast. To get notifications, go to thechangeevolutionist.com forward slash subscribe. Ron Thiessen is a practicing psychologist and educator. To apply as a guest on the podcast, please visit thechangeevolutionist.com forward slash podcast guest.